Hi, my name is Mike Dillard, and this is Self Made Man, the podcast for those who want to leave their mark on the world and create a legacy of honor, integrity, and achievement in every aspect of your life. I'm glad you're here, and once again, it is time to forge your destiny. Sometimes following a proven formula can work incredibly well, and in fact, that's basically marketing 101. Find out what's working for your competitors and other companies and use that as your starting point. But what do you do if every single one of your competitors in your industry is failing? What if your industry is failing as a whole? What do you do if everyone assumes that that's just the way that it is and that there is no solution? Well, that's the situation that Jesse Cole found himself in when he took ownership of a small rural baseball team that nobody really cared about or had <laughs> hardly even heard of. He had an entire empty stadium to fill, and so did the rest of the teams in their league who had all but given up. People just don't care about the game of baseball anymore, and there's nothing we could do about it, they would say. Well, Jesse didn't buy into that, and in fact, he saw it as an opportunity to turn the game and the experience for the fans on its head. And as a result, in just a few years, he turned the Savannah Bananas into a phenomenon. Today, all 4,000 seats to every single one of their games is sold out, and there's even a waiting list that's over a year long. They have an Instagram following that's grown beyond their city, and now he's set to revolutionize the game of baseball entirely. So how did he pull off this incredible turnaround? Well, by daring to think and act differently about everything. Today's interview is one of the most amazing and entertaining stories that you've ever heard, but it's also one of the most valuable because the ideas that Jesse is using to revolutionize baseball can instantly be applied to your business as well. So listen up, get ready to take some notes. This is an extremely valuable interview, and it's one hell of a story. Please help me welcome Jesse Cole. Jesse Cole, welcome to the Mike Dillard Podcast. It is an absolute uh, pleasure to have you on the show. I am fired up to be with you today, Mike. Yeah, so what a small world. A couple of weeks ago, we had Mike Michalowicz on the show, who's the author of Profit First. If you guys haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure you go back and listen to it because a big part of that interview was him talking about uh, you, Jesse, and what you've done with your baseball team, the Savannah Bananas, and how you've really revolutionized baseball. And then lo and behold, a couple of days later, I get an email from you saying, hey, Mike, you know, heard heard you talk about my story on the show. I've been following your work for years now. And just boom, all three of us are instantly connected, despite the fact none of us had really ever talked or met before. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah, small world. Big fan of yours. And uh, Mike McCallowitz, you know, I owe him a, a ton of gratitude for uh, the help when just, you know, three years ago, my wife and I were on an airbed and his Profit First book really helped us out that. Um, so uh, it's it's amazing story how all we're t- tied in together. But just uh you know, really fortunate to be where we are from great people like you and Mike McCallitz and a lot of your other guests who have helped me on the journey. Yeah. So you've, you've managed to really transform baseball and you're doing that in a, in a bigger and bigger way. And you guys are now the only team in your league that have sold out every single seat to every single game for, I think, the next, what, one to two seasons out? Something crazy or ridiculous like that. Yeah, we're very lucky. It's unprecedented. We've uh, yeah sold out every game for the last two and a half seasons, and yeah, we have a wait list now for 
that in the thousands to, to buy tickets. It's just unheard of. And as we talked a little bit pre-show, you know, the, the team is in one of the lowest levels of baseball. We're not major league. We're not even triple A, double A, single A, high A. We're not independent pro ball. We're college summer baseball. But we've really understood what business we're in and what business we're really in. And we're not in the baseball business and we're not playing the same game as everyone else. And we were forced to learn that through the struggles and the challenges. But now it's really paid dividends. And it's special to come out to the ballpark and see, you know, a packed house every single night enjoying the show, not a baseball game, Mike. They're enjoying our pep band, our banana nana senior citizen dance team, our break dancing first base coach. They're enjoying the circus. And I think that's where we're very clear on what the product is that we have. Well, let's let's go back. Let's go back to when you're on the airbed. How the hell did all of this start? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was 23 years old, I took over one of the worst performing teams in the country in Gastonia, North Carolina. Only 200 fans coming to the game. Uh, there's only $268 in the bank account my first how, how, day. How do you how do you manage to take over <laughs> something like that? Um, no one wanted the job. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was an intern for, in, while I was in college and this team was just failing. And I, as an intern, I started selling sponsorships. They gave me a phone book and I just started selling and had a lot of success with that. So they said, let's give the kid a try. And so I showed up as a 23-year-old general manager, really with nothing to lose. But also, uh, you know, I couldn't pay myself for the first two or three months because there was no money in the account. So I really had to learn how to make our product, which no one wanted, make it successful and make people excited about it. And that's why we really changed the business we're in and focused all out on entertainment. And that's where it started. You know, I spent years in Gastonia trying grandma beauty pageants and flatulence fun nights and giving away porta johns at games. I mean, we tried it all, Mike. And uh, but we created attention and people said, you know what? This is fun. I never, never expected this coming to a baseball game. And people started talking. And that's really what set the footprint for us going into Savannah and taking over a ballpark. And uh, that literally had failed. Minor league baseball, professional baseball had failed for 90 years. That's why they left. And so we decided to come in there and and test our luck. And that's where the real struggles happen in living on an airbed and struggling with my wife and our family. And that was just a little over three years ago. Well, take us uh, take us through it. Take us through your your ideation process and where you or really how you figured this out. Right. Because this is a pretty a pretty original plan and it's clearly worked. But what were your initial moments of inspiration? Who were you reading? Did you have a mentor? But where did all of these ideas come from that eventually just knocked it out of the park, for lack of a better term? <laughs> Good pun there. Yeah. Uh, I'm used to puns with all the banana puns out there. <laughs> right. But uh, no, we, we started, Mike, and I had no business background, no marketing background, no promotions background. But because I couldn't even pay myself, I started reading every book on marketing and customer experience and uh, creating buzz and PR and really studied P.T. Barnum, Walt Disney more than anything. And I read mm. every book on them. And, you know, it's crazy that both of them were gone, but I got so much inspiration from how they created attention and how they uh, shared a vision and shared their story. And we just tried, tried stuff. I mean, we were just testing everything. I mean, we did wild promotions. I mean, I thought, obviously, let's have our players do choreographed dances every game because I, I focus on this a lot. It's not just being a little better. Um, it's being the only. What can you be the only doing? Because I believe better isn't different. Only is different. And mm. so we were like, what could we be the only team doing? And I didn't know any teams that had, uh, you know, dancing players. I didn't know any teams that had a grandma dancing team. I didn't have any teams that had a pep band. And we just started continuing to think, what could we be the only? And that created so much attention that people said, we got to come to the ballpark. So we rolled all this out in Gastonia 
and started selling out games. And then when I heard the opportunity to Savannah, we came down there in the fall of 2015. And I'll never forget the first day we showed up. Uh, the former team had cut the phone lines, cut the internet lines. Everything was taken out of the ballpark. It was myself, my wife, our 24-year-old president, and three kids right out of college. And we grabbed a picnic table and started working in an abandoned storage building, trying to get the community excited to work with us. And I think, Mike, the big key is what we learned is, what are the problems and challenges in your industry? And you have to own them. I realized that baseball, to many, was long, slow, and boring. And it wasn't entertaining. And when you came to a baseball game, you got nickel and dimed. So we did the opposite. We said, let's make it nonstop entertainment. And then let's make every ticket all you can eat. All your, your burgers, your hot dogs, your chicken sandwiches, your soda, your water, your popcorn. Let's have it all and your ticket for $15. And we came up with that whole product because we said, you know, that's the opposite of what everyone else is doing. And that's one of my big beliefs is whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. How did the players react to these ideas? <laughs> <laughs> At first, they were like, no way, no way. And it's a funny story. When I told the players that they were going to dance, um, I, my first practice, I brought a choreographed dance instructor to teach them how to dance before they even played baseball. And a few of the guys said, I'm not doing this. They ran off to the bullpen to, to play catch and stuff. But after the first few games, the fans were loving the players that were dancing, that were doing, you know, it was the, the Cupid shuffle back then and, uh, you know, doing the jump on it dance. And those players were the most popular. So halfway through the season, the guys that didn't want to dance, they were getting out there because they were signing more autographs. So I think with anything, at first, people are always going to be against it. But we proved that it was more fun. They had a better time and the fans loved it. So walk us through the experience that a person would have by showing up and attending one of your games. Well, I think it starts with anything, whether you're an online business or any business, it's the first impression and where are they seeing you? And so we made it, you know, when people buy a ticket from us, we made it a great experience, hopefully from the first step. So when you buy a ticket, you don't just get a payment confirmation email like everyone else. You know, it says, congrats, you just made the best decision of your day. Right now, as you bought your tickets, we grabbed them. The whole staff ran out into, into the middle of the field. We started celebrating with your tickets in the air and pouring Gatorade showers over each other. And now your tickets are in our vault in maximum security, ready for you to go bananas. So that's the first step because there's so many people that just send a regular payment confirmation. Wow the customers from the first time they interact with you. And then after that uh, email, every single person who buys a ticket gets a thank you call from someone on our staff, including myself as owner. We split spreadsheets out throughout the whole staff and just call to thank them. And Mike, most times people think their, their credit card didn't work, but we're just literally calling to thank them. So we've primed the experience before they've even bound to our ballpark. And then you got to map it from the beginning. So again, think about those challenging points. When you come to a ballpark, parking, can I find parking? You know, is there anyone out there to help me? So we actually dress our staff up as penguins. We call them our parking penguins. <laughs> and imagine pulling up to a ballpark and getting parked by a penguin. It just, it doesn't make sense. And I think that's why I liked it. And it's fun. And then this year, the penguins will pass out little freezy pops to kids as they get out of their car and they're coming up to the game. Nice. And then we'll have our players, our full players in full banana uniform, passing out programs, signing autographs and taking pictures as you're walking up to the stadium. And then you'll hear our pep band playing Rocky or Final Countdown or Uptown Funk. And then as you get up to the ticket uh, uh, to take your tickets, our ticket takers are dressed in full banana costumes and they're ripping your banana shaped tickets that are scratch and sniff and smell like bananas. Wow. Crazy. So that's so that's before you get. To, so, again, no matter what your business is. We've already mapped and, and primed the experience before they get in and then they see all the dancing and the fun and, 
you know, this year, Mike, you'll, we're introducing the Manana's, a male cheerleading team that's going to be dancing in every game. So, you, you know, you have all the fun inside, but you got to think about that. And then the last impression when people leave, you know, we'll have the players at the gate, we'll have the band playing, we'll have a free s'more station so kids can get s'mores. And it's like a Mardi Gras celebration of singing and dancing. And that's so important to us. And I think uh, every company should focus on that. How are you doing this for 15 bucks? Because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like going to the math. I'm like, that's a lot. Like you guys are giving out a lot of value for $15. It, it works. Now, again, that's part of a concept of do and then learn. We had no idea how it would work. <laughs> when we tried, we had no idea how to feed 4,000 people all you can eat. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Mike, it was a disaster the first few games. The lines were 30 minutes, an hour long. We couldn't get food out in time. But then we got better next game. And then we got better the next game. And I think you got to commit to doing something that creates the best experience and then figure it out. We had no idea. As far as the money, um, it worked out because kids don't eat as much as they think they can. Either can seniors and some people that don't show up, you know, they've already paid their $15. So it's not a huge margin, but we're playing the volume game. You know, when you sell out every single game, it makes sense and it's a better experience. And now fans know they got to buy their tickets months in advance if they want a chance or get on the waiting list because of that value. So... Obviously, this is clearly working. And, and I have to, before I segue, I have to ask you real quick. One of the stories that Mike shared, you know, was obviously around his framework and profit first. How did that affect you guys and help you achieve the success that you've gotten? So four years ago, I had zero debt. I was very fortunate, got a college baseball scholarship. And then between buying the teams and coming into Savannah, we went to $1.8 million in debt, my wife and I. We mm. just got married. And as we came into town and I said, we were all excited. We sold one season ticket in our first two months here. And it got so bad that on January 15th, 2016, my wife and I were at my best friend's wedding. We got a call at 445 on a Friday. And one of our employees said, we just overdrafted our account. We're completely out of money. And my wife and I were devastated. We were so excited. We were in Savannah. We were ready to launch this big thing. And it wasn't working. So we drove home from New Jersey and my wife turned to me and said, we have to sell our house. And we were living in our dream house. So we sold our house and we were reading profit first. And there was a whole chapter on there. You need to enjoy saving more than spending. And just one more day, have that mindset of just one more day. We don't need to buy this if we just wait one more day. And at that point, our phone chargers were falling apart. Our computers were a mess. We just didn't buy anything. And we said every day, what can we save? I remember going grocery shopping with my wife and we said, can we get enough food just for $30 to eat for the entire week? And I remember that stuff we bought, Mike, it wasn't even real food. <laughs> it, it, was, it was bad, but we did it. And I wrote a letter to Mike about how much that made an impact on me because we started thinking about how can we save everything and then how can we just make sure we put money aside on every single transaction that comes in and we started doing it and we've eliminated all of our debt, which is just amazing. So I'm, I'm so grateful to Mike and the relationship that we've built and obviously just what he's sharing. So that's how we got out of it by just thinking that one more day and how can we start putting money aside every single dollar that comes in. Mm, very cool. Yeah, it's... it's uh... Making money and keeping money are two very different things. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's for sure. Another story that, that we talked about uh, during that podcast that I wanted to, to get the inside scoop on was the whole Lion King routine that you guys do. What is that? <laughs> Again, it's, it's all just you know having fun at the ballpark. And uh, I wear a yellow tux, so I'm a showman on the field. And halfway through the, uh, the offseason a couple of years ago, I heard uh, the Lion King song, you know, Nah, Savannah. Yeah. And I thought, what if we started every game and we had a banana baby and we'd get a baby six months old, nine months old, and the mother would go to home plate and we'd have all the players on the ground with their hands up in the air. And right before the first pitch, 
we we have the mother hold the baby to the fans, to all 4,000 fans, and then play the song, nah, Savania. And literally, that's how we launch every single game. <laughs> and uh, it gets the fans going. And then from there, you got the pep band and you got the banana nana, senior citizen dance team. I mean, it, it's an absolute show and a circus. And I'll tell you, Mike, I think so many companies, they just, uh, you know, they, they try to be so professional. And I'm so against professional. No one goes home at the end of the day and says, you know what? I met the most professional person today. Oh, I, I was with the most professional company. I think people need more fun. And that's part of what we do is just try to come up with these crazy ideas to make it more fun at the ballpark. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. So what does the future look like for you guys? What's next? What are you thinking about? What are you working on? What are you improving? Well, a cool thing that we started doing was undercover fan. And we started this last year. And I think everyone should do this. We literally, myself and our whole staff, we go undercover as a fan. We come in, we go incognito, we park with everyone, we go through the whole experience, uh, we sit with the fans, we go through lines and we take notes. And you know, we were able to get about 30 pages of notes through that whole season last year and really think about what can we do next year to get better. And it's amazing when you put yourself in your customer's shoes, what you see, how you go through the process. And uh, that was an eye-opening experience. And one thing that I was able to notice, and so were the rest of our undercover fans, our staff, was that even though we're putting on a show, and I mean, you know, during the games, Mike, we'll have our players come into the crowd and deliver roses to little girls during in the crowd. I mean, they'll do conga lines through the crowd. I mean, it's wild. People still leave early. And I mean, they're leaving at like nine o'clock. And by the end of the night, we might only have 500 or 1,000 people still in the crowd. And I said, that's a fundamental problem with baseball. If you're trying to get better at your business, you got to own the issues in the industry. And to me, there's some serious problems with baseball. It's still too long. It's still too slow. And even when we're putting on a show, people are still leaving. So the big dragon that we're trying to slay right now is we're going to change the game of baseball. No matter how much fun that we're making it, the game needs to be faster. And so our big plan, our big goal to be the most fans first company in the world is we need to make the game dramatically faster. And I'm talking about an hour and a half, two hours max. And we are testing some things right now. We've actually been playing some games uh, and the players who played today was the most fun they've ever had playing baseball. And we hope to uh, make an announcement and launch something in the near future. Is there any is there any way you can share what some of those changes are? <laughs> not at this point. Uh, not at this point. But I'll just say it's relooking at how you do innings. It's relooking at just, you know, it's not going into the actual details of the game, but it's a baseball rebellion. We're going against the authority of the way it's always been done. And imagine just a, a baseball game in an hour and a half. And it's action packed with not much stoppage. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. And uh, it's uh, it's been wild. And I'm hoping that the people that don't like baseball that will come out and say, wow, this is a different sport. This is fun. And I want to be a part of it. So how does that how does that work from a league standpoint and in, in the teams that you would be playing against? <laughs> Sometimes it's like, don't break the rules, make the rules. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we'll see where we're going. I think uh, we may we may be looking at creating something unique, creating something our own and just see what happens uh, again. Back to that doing the learn, doing the learn, because uh, I told my wife, I go, I really hope we won't we don't end up on an airbed again. But, you know, maybe we do. And it'll be another story. <laughs> so for all of the entrepreneurs who are, are listening to this right now, you know, a lot of these principles apply to any new startup, anyone who's starting from scratch living on an air mattress. And as you mentioned earlier, the, the first key is to really you know, be able to grab people's attention and then provide a spectacular experience from the first moment. What are some of the universal principles that you guys have discovered, tested, and found to be the most effective that you could share with everyone? 
I think it starts, like I said, owning the challenges in your industry. The next one is, it's how do you create attention? Attention beats marketing 1000% of the time. When we came to Savannah, we were marketing the team on social media, everywhere else, but no one paid attention until we became the Savannah Bananas. And then we started offering President Obama an internship and we started doing crazy things at the ballpark. Then once you get the attention, then you can really build them into your funnel and, and what you believe. And for us, we are adamant about this. Love your customers more than you love your product and love your employees more than you love your customers. The secret for us is that when we talk about fans first and being the most fans first company in the world, our biggest fans are our own people. They're our employees. They're the ones that come to work every day and are passionate about what we're doing. And we map the experience for them. You know, we go all in on, on what does it look like their first day? You know, how do we care about them as people and not just care about them as, as employees and what they can do for our business? And I think most leaders have it the other way around. It's, you know, your people don't work for you. You work for your people. And that's what I'm so proud of because we've built an organization of young millennials who just have so much passion and purpose and making a difference and making an impact. And so I think just be very clear on your beliefs. Own the challenges in your industry. Own the, the, the problems that, you know, people have with working with you. And then go all out on caring more and caring more about your fans, your customers, and your own people. And that's what we focus on. We're building a culture now because we're going to make some big changes, as I shared. We want to make sure everyone knows that we care about them first. And so I believe every leader, every entrepreneur needs to go out of their way to share their beliefs. What do they stand for? And make sure they talk about it all the time. And then they bring in people that believe what they believe. And then they go out of their way to believe in the people that work for them. You know, you mentioned earlier P.T. Barnum and the whole process of getting attention and Disney. One of the, the best people in the world that I've seen over my career has always been Richard Branson, mm. right? Whether he's flying around the world in a hot air balloon or God, who knows what. Like the guy's just been phenomenal when it comes to that, despite the fact that he is an extremely shy, introverted person. <laughs> yeah. And I've taken some time to try to think of ideas at that level to do and it's been unbelievably challenging so how can i improve on that that part of of marketing basically um yeah it, yeah here's what we've been able to do and and we started it basically with um we started hosting idea paloozas here and i believe if you want to have better ideas you got to work your idea muscle mm -hmm. you know if you want to if you literally want to uh uh you know be in great shape you have to work out every day you can't just do it once in a while. So I write down 10 ideas every morning and I theme it out. So it might be souvenir ideas, food ideas, fan experience, speech topics, a new book ideas. And then what we do is every, every two months, our whole staff gets together and we have an idea palooza. And we literally, everyone has to throw in about three to five ideas and we talk about them. And then, you know, I believe ideas are currency, but it's implementation that will make you rich. So the next step is we make sure who is owning these ideas. So you know, a few things. I, I think uh, writing down is huge. Benjamin Hardy talks about that a, a lot. So every day, every morning I'm writing, then I make sure I surround myself with creative people. So I will, I will listen to podcasts and books that have nothing to do with the baseball industry. And that's how Howard Schultz came up with Starbucks. He went to Italy and he started seeing the coffee communities that were built there. You know, you have to get out of your own industry. We are so used to just looking at everyone else that's doing similar things to us. I don't look at any other baseball teams. I'm constantly looking at Disney and cruise ships and, you know, Blue Man Group and other different shows out there because, you know, that's where you learn because you apply that stuff into your business. That's where you reinvent and you can reimagine the way it's been done. So between writing ideas, being a sponge from people outside the industry, and then getting a group of creative people together to talk, 
you know, that's really worked well for us. Yeah, you know, the a company that immediately comes to mind along those same lines is Tesla, where it's mm. like, you know, Elon and a, a big portion of that team are folks that have never been in the car industry. And that's why they were able to come up with such a unique revolutionary product because they didn't just go compare themselves and like, all right, let's make a slightly better version of a Porsche or Audi or whatever <laughs> it may be. They transformed the entire experience from, you know, end to end. Mm. And so that's, uh, that's another great example, I think. Yeah, I think, and Mike, our best people are our interns. We've struggled with people from outside that were in the sports industry because they, they've seen things the same way over and over and over again. They've seen what's normal. And I believe normal gets normal results. That's why whatever is normal do the exact opposite. So we don't want to hire people that are in this industry. So you want to bring people from the outside that can put a new lens on everything. And I think that's what's amazing about your podcast and what you offer is that you're bringing people together from so many different businesses, so many different fields, that if they just listen to you every week, they could bring in some new creative ideas. And that's what I've been able to do. I mean, I'll never forget the Steve Sims episode that made a game changing uh, impact on me. Mm. And you know, it, it, there's been a lot of them. And I think that's what's great about us is that we're constantly wanting to learn. And if you want to get better, you got to learn from so many other people. And I, I'm fascinated because you're coming to me to talk about I'm running a, a crazy sports and entertainment team doing something dramatically different than what you're doing. But I'm sure there's hopefully something that's like, you know what, I could add this to it because this would make a whole different experience for people that are trying to learn about classes or learn online. And I think that's what's uh, really valuable. And that's what the best entrepreneurs do. Yeah, I mean, I think the the goal is like, how do you create an unforgettable experience, which is along the lines of what you mentioned earlier. And there's been a couple of moments that are super benign and easy to overlook that I've had with other online companies. And one that comes to mind, I don't even remember the exact company that it was because this was probably five, six, seven years ago, but I still remember it, was when you would click on their unsubscribe link it would take you to a page with like this hilarious video where they like blew up an intern or something like that because <laughs> they had failed you and you were unsubscribing. Um, but uh, it was hilarious. And it was this pattern interrupt that you've never seen before. And it became a news story in and of itself. Yes. Which I think was really, really, really neat. Yeah. I mean, it's simple. You know, write down like what makes you different. Like everyone, again, we're just trying to be a little bit better, you know, a little bit quicker, a little better deal, a little bit. What makes you different? What makes you the only? And I think that's, that's been the template that we always use. When we put in new ideas, we're like, all right, is anyone else doing this? And that's why I get really excited like about our male cheerleading team this year or our breakdancing first base coach who in the middle of the games does Michael Jackson and Beyonce single ladies. There's no other team doing it. And so that's when you can create a story because what makes you different, what makes you remarkable, that's what other people share. And that's the best marketing you could ever get. Yeah, agreed. You know, it's nowhere, nowhere near to the level that you guys are taking it. But that's an exercise that I went through when I started my previous company gosh it's been it's been since 2010 11 now uh, elevation mm. group so that was a financial education company along the lines of you know rich dad poor dad or you know something like that basically and it was an industry that i've never been involved in but i was deeply involved in financial ed education at that time in my personal life so i subscribed to every major investing newsletter out there stansberry agora motley fool you, you name it i was in that and when I decided to start Elevation Group, I started it because none of those publications were scratching, scratching the itch that I had. And I went through and I was like, okay, what do all of these guys do the same? And what do I not like about how they run these businesses or provide a customer experience? And how can I do the exact opposite mm. uh, and all of that? So for a couple of quick examples, 
all of their newsletters were just in the form of written word with charts and technical graphs of stocks and, and all of that stuff. And it was really, really boring. And if you didn't know a lot about stock investing, it, a lot of it went over your head. Another part was that no one ever did anything on video uh, mm. in that industry. And so for me, I was like, okay, we're going to do every single thing we do on video. And we're not going to have any technical charts at all. And we're going to talk about things in layman's terms that my parents or even my grandparents could understand or resonate with. And we're just going to become the average you know, man or woman out there who's concerned about their finances, who wants to create financial security in their life. And we're just going to come at it from a level that they can understand and appreciate. And we became the fastest growing financial education company in the world within 12 months. Amazing. Well, you simplified it too, Mike. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Everyone tries to make, so we got this offering and this offering and this offering. When we realized that we were just going to have one all-you-can-eat ticket price, like this is it. Like this is our ticket. It became so simple because people don't have to explain it to others. And it sounds like you did the exact same. Yeah, it's just meet people where they are. And all of the other publications were worried about sounding smart, looking smart, and all of this other stuff. And I'm just like, nobody understands that. You're you're just talking to like such a 1% of the marketplace and you're missing the other 90 of just everyday folk, you know? So that's who we addressed and, and uh, blew up as a result. Awesome. I think about going to SeaWorld or taking my son there or Fiesta Texas here in town or whatever. And the thought sounds fun, but I immediately get this like knot in my stomach where I'm like, I'm just going to get effed left and right the moment I walk up to that gate with upsells and again, the, the $10 bottles of water or whatever it may be, like just ridiculous. Um, well, it's like a cruise. Have you been on a cruise, Mike? Many, many, many. You're probably 10, 12 years ago. Okay. Well, that's what we went on a cruise and we're like, all right, you don't have to pay for food at all. Like yeah. and soda. Like, that's nice. Like, why why isn't this offered at ballparks? And there's still you can buy drinks and merchandise. And that's what's the crazy thing we've noticed, Mike, is that because people feel like they're getting all this value, they will buy more merchandise, they will buy a beer, they'll buy some of the premiums, and they still walk out feeling like they won as opposed to getting, you know, like literally, you know, their their shirt taken off them. What kind of pushback are you seeing from other teams? And and league, like you've got, you're definitely creating some waves. So how are they responding? You know, we get pushback and sense. You know, you, you guys don't care about baseball. You know, you're you're just, you know, you're too crazy. You're outrageous. I don't listen to that noise. You know, it's interesting when people say we don't care about baseball. I say, you know what? We're, you're right. We focus solely on the experience, the atmosphere, and the entertainment. And you know what happens because of that? In the three years since the bananas have been here, we've had the best record in the league and won a championship. When you focus on the atmosphere, the experience, the culture that people are part of, they produce better. They perform better. So our players just play better. And so when they say they don't worry about the baseball, I'm like, oh, we seem to be winning. So uh, the reality is, is, is I, I try not to listen to that because I also believe that if you're not getting criticized, you're playing it too safe. And I, I look for I look for criticism. If we're not getting criticized, then we're just doing the same as everyone else. And that's why like, we can't up with Dolce and banana underwear. We literally started selling banana underwear with a big banana on the crotch. We had other underwear with a small banana on the crotch. People are like, why are you selling Dolce and banana underwear? I'm like, it's fun. It's crazy. And uh, people said it's not fan- family friendly. And I go, well, it's, it's like us. It's outrageous. It's our brand. So I try not to listen to it. It gets hard. When we first came out with the Savannah Bananas name, I was personally attacked. They said, you know, the owner should be thrown out of town. You guys are an embarrassment to the city. Um, we got crucified, Mike, but we had their attention. And once people realized our hearts and how much we care about the fan experience and our people, uh, that's really kind of gone away. Wow, that's cool. 
you know what this reminds me a lot of is boxing and UFC. You know, I'm sure in the beginning, back in the early UFC days, all the big boxing, you know, guys out there were like, ah, this will never work. No one wants to watch this. And they came out with a supremely much more entertaining <laughs> sport, frankly, uh, and just completely dominated boxing over the last 10 years. Well, I think Yogi Berra said it best. You can observe a lot just by watching. And, yeah. and we're watching what's happening with baseball. Yeah, attendance was down over 4% this past year. Uh, literally participation is declining dramatically. And we're watching at our own ballpark, fans are leaving early. And so what UFC, you know, what wrestling, WWE is doing a great job, they're seeing how other people are reacting to the current state of the sport. And so we're, we're, we're reacting, we're moving fast because, you know, we're not obsessed with loving our product. We're obsessed with loving our fans and our customers. And we know where they're going. And I'll tell you, I think Jeff Bezos said it best with Amazon. We don't focus on what's going to change in the next 10 years. We focus on what's not going to change. And people are always going to want things better priced, more convenient, and a wider selection. And so they made all the decisions based on that. We believe the same thing. People are never going to want baseball games to be longer. <laughs> you know, yeah. People aren't going to want to be less entertained and have just a baseball game. So people are never going to want to feel like they get nickel and dimed at a ballpark. So we're going all in on those things that we believe that won't change. Yeah, no, I, I dig it. I'm just sitting here thinking of ideas and how you guys can grow the business beyond the park, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very cool. Well, then streaming, you look at video. How can you make the show? How can you create the show and, or take it on the road? The Globetrotters have done an amazing job. You know, mm. we're confined here to this 4,000 seat stadium in Savannah. How do we take this show on the road and deliver experiences, you know, all over the world? And then how do we stream it differently? You know, video, how, how, you know, can we have cameras and mics on players every game? You know, can we show footage from the dugouts and the locker rooms and, you know, have drone footage? You know, how can you show the show in a different way and stream it? So, those are the things that, yeah, that's your experience, obviously, and how you distribute online and grow there. Um, that's going to be probably one of the next steps that we take after we, we launch. Yeah. You know, when we recorded all of the classes for our platform, um, if, all the ones, if you go to MikeDiller.com, you'll see all these classes that we recorded all of those in 360 VR. And we, you know, we don't have them posted that way right now, but we have all of the footage captured. And we did that intentionally, assuming that, hey, if the market goes this way over the next three to five years. We don't want all of this content that we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars creating to, to become irrelevant. Mm. So we've just Love got it. that. Yeah, we've just got that sitting on the hard drive and, and waiting for, for an opportunity there. So, Well, you're following where your customers could go or may want to go as opposed to just looking at what you currently have, which is, is brilliant. And I think everyone should look at that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that idea. I, I would uh, be the first to sign up if you guys ever make it down to Austin for a game. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> We'd love to be there, man. I'll tell you, I, it's so fun because, you know, there's so many people that don't know and they see baseball as the same thing and they have no idea. And it's like, you know, we know we're having to turn away thousands of people every year. And it's like, we want to get to that point. But, you know, as, as anything, as you know, it's, it's about patience. You know, you got to first, it's what's that next step and keep taking those baby steps. And, you know, it's those small bets and we're taking small bets every day and eventually we'll be ready to go all in again, just like we did uh, three years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, man, Jesse, thank you uh, so much for sharing your story. I'm just sitting here. My mind's just, my mind's just turning, wheels are turning, trying to, trying to think of different ideas to you know, apply what you guys have learned and done to, to our industry and my business. But uh, it's just super cool. And I have to plug your, your Instagram account real quick because I think this is a great, great place for folks to just get an idea of what you guys are all about, what the experience is like. But it's at the SAV Bananas. So at the SAV Bananas on Instagram, 
and it just looks like a blast, man. Well, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, we, we're we're posting things every day. We do videos, music videos. Myself on on Yellow Tux Jesse. I'm constantly posting things. So thank you so much, and I, I, a big shout out to you because of consistency. I mean, very few people play the long game and are consistently putting out great content, content and making an impact. And you've done that for a long time, my friend. And uh, just a salute to you. And uh, I've been following and a lot of our office follows you and, and you've made a huge impact on us. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's my pleasure. I get to meet, I get to meet amazing entrepreneurs like yourself every week. And it's just uh, the podcast has been awesome for that. And the ideas just keep coming and the lessons keep coming. So I, I really do appreciate that a lot. Where else can folks go to connect with you or check out a game if they're in the area? Or do you guys have a YouTube channel? What's the best place to plug in? Yeah, we started everything on Facebook. So the Savannah Bananas, you could find us everywhere. We, we post videos regularly. Myself, find your yellow tux. I post every day. LinkedIn's my main platform. Videos, sharing the journey, documenting everything. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I had a great lesson when I was 25 years old and I read Mark Cuban's book and I shot him an email. And within an hour, he wrote back. And uh, that made a huge impact on me. And so anyone that wants to reach out, you know, you can just search Yellow Tux Jesse. You'll find me pretty quickly. Uh, I'd love to help in any way. And I think that's that's one of our roles as leaders is is to help everyone along the journey. And I've got so much help along the way and hope I can give it back. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jesse Cole, thank you so much for joining us. This was uh, amazing. Uh, there's going to be so many golden nuggets and ideas that come out of this for folks that I really do appreciate you coming on and, and uh, sharing your knowledge with us. This was awesome. Thank you so much, Mike. All right, guys, gals, as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. Take care.